so many of you. Um, gosh, that's just, I love you guys. And, um, and I'm really grateful that it's, I'm just grateful to have a home away from home up here. So thank you so much. Lord, pray that you would fill our hearts. And Lord, we thank you that, that you have filled our hearts. Pray that you would move and shape those hearts more for your purposes. More to be with you and like you, Jesus. And to welcome you all the time. Would you, Lord, please speak through the words that you've given me? through your word that you've given us, through our very lives together. We welcome you and, and love you. And Father, as we are here, um, my own church is having its service right now. I ask your blessing upon them, upon the guest preacher, the guest worship leader, the guest priest who's serving. Um, Lord, thank you. It's a picture of your body, how we help one another. Pray that as we come from this place, we would more and more serve each other and build each other up as you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's been, it's been so fun, like speaking and painting, like I said at the beginning of this week, I've never done the two together before. I've done them separately. I've put them together in videos and things like that. But um, I love that we serve a God who his mercies are new every morning. He calls us into new things and new ventures, and we step out, and, and sometimes, lo and behold, we find something works, and it's great. Uh, other times we step out, and oh, it didn't quite work. Um, any artist will tell you that they probably have more failed paintings sitting in their attic uh, than they have successful paintings hanging on other people's walls. Um, and so this week as I've been painting, you know, I'm always praying, Lord, just guide me, lead me. And, um, and last night when I was working on this one, you know, I thought there's elements of it that I just, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like that a lot of times when I'm painting, like halfway through a painting. And this, this painting is about, it's about two-thirds done. Um, and so I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to work on it some more. And, you know, and then we'll send you the pictures, and we'll decide if it's, if it's a failed painting or not. And it's okay, because um, if you never fail, it, it means you've never stepped out in faith. If you never fail, it means you've never answered the call of God who calls us to walk along the rocky places. And there's going to be uh, steps and stumbles. We're going to be like sheep sometimes. You know when it says, he restores my soul? Uh, sheep do this thing where they, they roll over on their back sometimes by accident. And they cannot roll back. They can't get themselves back up. And it's actually a horrible situation for a sheep to be in because they literally can die within hours of doing that. And so the shepherd is the one who restores them, 
who lifts them back up. And because we know that, we can risk. We, we can step out and, and, you know, and we can see what God does and how he leads us. And, and we can either keep on or start over. It, it doesn't matter. So much of life is about perspective. It's about looking at our lives and what do we see? Do we see the good? Or do we see the bad? When we see the bad, can we put it in perspective with the good? Sadly, a lot of times in our lives, it's hard to do that. If I look back at my life, <laughs> so much is about perspective. I had I fell down and cracked my head against the table when I was like two or three, three years old or four years old, something like that. And um, I got, got 10 stitches in my forehead, five over my eye, 13 on my wrist. You can still see the scar from that today. Um, I almost drowned when I was a little kid, fell into a creek, and but for the grace of God, a teenage girl pulled me out as I was rushing down the creek and seeing nothing but black swirling in front of my eyes. I've broken my nose, my ankle, four ribs, punctured a lung, separated my shoulder. I've had a debilitating case of vertigo, food poisoning twice in my life. I was cut from the middle school basketball team for knee problems, and it was devastating. Don't laugh. I had got bursitis in my shoulder and had to quit cross country because I couldn't run more than one or two miles before it started really, really hurting. Um, I've had back problems, reflux, two formative years without my dad when he was in Vietnam. Um, he came back, developed PTSD. Uh, we had family troubles. He was full of rage, uh, alcohol problems, depression. Um, thank God he's better now, but uh, I've had rejections in my life from friends along the way. Uh, it's happened in middle school. It happened in high school. It's happened in college. <laughs> I, I've almost was cut from my, the acting program at Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, I've had financial struggles in life. I had a daughter. Um, I've had, I still have this daughter, but she got a blood clot in her arm, spent two Christmases in the hospital, had to have major surgery at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Um, Gosh, I, 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 we've had a preemie in the family who was born at 26 weeks. Um, he's, he's doing great now, but it was a scary, scary time for him. My own daughter going through that experience has had some, uh, some PTSD. It has been a hard thing that she is still carrying with her now as our grandson is three years old. Susan's dad had his leg amputated um, about 20 years ago, and he passed away four years ago. Um, so there's been, a, a lot of, there's been a lot of hard things, but my life has been great. And it really has been great. In between all of those events, there have been myriads of wonderful events, accomplishments, plays that I've been in, being the senior class president, playing football, running cross country, doing track, breaking the record in middle school for the 600-yard dash, right? I mean, things like that. There's going to Carnegie Mellon and being in one of the premier acting programs. Um, 
coming to the edge of the precipice there, not getting cut and ending up, uh, ending up graduating with a, f- a few select a group of people in a very tough program. Highlights like that. Becoming a youth minister has been one of the greatest things in my life. I have loved working with kids and meeting guys like Pete. Having Pete Larson in my life, what a highlight, right? Having you guys in my life, what a highlight. Um, being part of a church where people love you, genuinely love you. Knowing Suzanne, knowing that she's with the Lord. Life is good. I've had a great life. I could go on and on and on. Married my high school sweetheart. I could go on and on and on. That's what David's about in Psalm 23. This is where he ends the psalm. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now I'm going to fall down. I'm going to get the bruises. I'll have the betrayals. There's going to be times when I fear for my life and I almost die and things like that. And But surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely in between all those disasters and all those heartaches, the goodness of God will persistently rise to the surface. It's all a matter of perspective. Surely, he says, surely. Not maybe. Not hopefully. Hopefully the goodness of God and His mercy will fall. Surely. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Romans 8.28 Paul says all things Right? All things. Every heartache, every brokenness, every betrayal, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. To those who by faith have been given the perspective that we're not alone in this life, but that God is overseeing it all. God is over it all. God is sovereign. And people get into sovereignty and, you know, say, well, there's nothing that happens that God doesn't do, you know, and I don't don't know about all that. I just know He's over it all. That this is not plan B that we're living. This is God's plan A. He is intended for all of this to ultimately work out for good. So surely goodness The Hebrew word for goodness is tov. I've been reading a book lately called A Church Called Tov. And it's about developing a culture of goodness within the people of God. Tov. Surely goodness. Isn't that what Jesus was about at the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's saying there's there's a goodness about the things you suffer. For you will be filled. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. There's a goodness, Jesus says, about following God's way for your life. Even when the way leads downwards, God will lift you up. And so Jesus says to us, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's a troubling word, isn't it? Be perfect? None of us is perfect. But what does Jesus mean? What he means is, I intend for you to grow into a completeness, into a wholeness, into a health. He's not saying I'm after people who never ever make mistakes. He says I'm after people who keep turning towards the goodness of God. And in the turning is your salvation. In the turning is your completion. In the turning is your wholeness. And so he calls us to follow after the perfection of God And as we do, our lives are made whole and perfect and good. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. David was well aware of his sins and his brokenness, of the things that he had done and the things he'd left undone, of his failures but he always, always came back to mercy. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me, cried blind Bartimaeus at the side of the road. Have mercy on me, O king. He knew his weakness and his brokenness. How good it is, right? when we can know our weaknesses and our brokenness and be okay with them. Not okay in the sense of like, I never want to improve or get better, but like it doesn't change the fact that I'm God's son and I'm God's daughter. Pete and I were were talking just before this and um, he said, you know, a lot of times people will ask him and I get this question too, like, I wonder what God's purpose or will for me is. And oftentimes they're talking about uh, what job they take and everything. And, and Pete, what did you say? Like, you remember? Huh? He compared it to parenting. Yeah. He just said, it doesn't matter. Like, like, do you care what your kid ends up doing, what career path they choose? Or do you care about how they do it? that they simply apply their talents and their abilities as best they can wherever they are. He said, God doesn't care what you do. He cares how you do it. So he's not disappointed because you've missed the career that God had planned for you. What he cares is, are you living a good life in the midst of whatever career you have? And if you need to change careers, change careers. So what? What God cares about is how you're living in your family, how you're living in your neighborhood and with your church. How is goodness and mercy being reflected in your life? So David writes, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
The psalm begins with David following the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He's saying the result of him leading me is I can look in the wake and see goodness and mercy. My perspective is changed. And when I look back at my life, I see even the bad things being turned to good. And I rejoice. So David, looking back at his life, sees how God was working out of his, his purposes for him. And he's able to say towards the end of his life, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A lot of people reduce Christianity to that last line. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That you need to give your life to Christ so that, that when you die, you go to heaven. But that's not what eternal life is all about. That is, um, that is the culmination of eternal life. It's the joy that we look forward to in eternal life. That I'll get to spend time with Pete and Lynn and Barb and Paul and all of you, right, in eternity. That that which we can't live into fully now in this life, those friendships that we'd love to be able to be around all the time, we'll be able to experience unto eternity forever, right? That's the culmination, but we begin to live it now. The kingdom of heaven breaks in among us now. And that's what you've got here. That's what's going on on a weekend like this. Eternal life being manifested, the foretaste of the glory to come. Eternal life is not just a measurement. It's a quality. It's a substance. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the, what? The full. He means that now for you. So what is it that he wants from you? as you follow Him. Goodness and mercy. He's shown you what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God, but to do good, to love mercy, to answer the phone, and to walk humbly, to walk humbly with your God. I got in the beginning of this week, um, I talked about Genesis. That each day as God created, he said it was good. And then on the seventh day, that perfect day, that day of rest, he surveyed all that he had created. He he looked at it all, he looked at us, and he said, It's very good. This is not plan B, folks. God, God has purpose in all that you're going through. And he's doing it for the perfecting of your souls, for the development of goodness and mercy in you. And if you mess up, if you end up at the end of the day and go, oh, it's not quite right, you can always start over again. You can always like start on a new canvas, a new painting. Say, so I'm just going to try it again, right? Oh, Lord, I didn't follow you as well as I could have yesterday. Praise God, today's a new day. That's the attitude and the heart that he wants to develop in us. That's what Psalm 
23 is all about. Just following after him day by day. And when we turn around, we will look and we will say, surely goodness and mercy followed me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, we look forward to that, the consummation of your kingdom. But Lord, help us also look forward to today. Uh, the rides home, the time we'll have with family, the resting of our heads on our own beds, the travel, the meals that we'll share, the saying goodbye today to people we love that we might not see again until next year. Help us today to practice goodness and mercy. Help us each day to follow you because you are good and you are merciful. And on this we, we can rely, Lord, for you gave it all. We pray and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, when, when we go to small groups um, today, there's really just one question. I just want you to talk about God's goodness and mercy. How you see it in your life and how you might follow after Him in goodness and mercy. Is there anything this week that He's been speaking to you about um, a needed course correction, you know, getting back on the path, um, a, a greater sense of joy in looking back and seeing what God's done, a greater sense of anticipation in looking forward. And so simply talk about God's goodness and mercy and what He might be calling you or what He might be shaping in you as you follow after Him in that goodness and mercy. All right? Amen.